My guest today is a musician, producer, author, Grammy winner, activist, humanitarian, and son of beloved musician, Bob Marley. That's right, I'm talking about Ziggy Marley. Growing up in the Marley household, it's no surprise that Ziggy's life has always been filled with music. Along with his brothers and sisters, Ziggy had a front row seat to his father's career and to a side of his father many did not see. The Bob Marley up on stage in front of a cheering crowd and the Bob Marley at home singing with his family. Now, Ziggy and his family are sharing the Bob Marley they knew with the world in the new film, Bob Marley, One Love, the story of the musician's journey to overcome adversity and become a reggae icon. And today, Ziggy and I go even deeper. He so generously shares his memories with me, including the final words his father said to him and when he feels his father's presence the most. As soon as Ziggy walked in the room, I felt a sense of calm wash over me, a sense of peace. And that's just who Ziggy is. He's got his head on straight and his mind steady in both his work and his heart. He is a seeker, a voice for change. And like his dad, he always returns to the transformational power of love. I'm Hoda Kotb, and welcome to my podcast, Making Space. First of all, before you even enter a room, your vibe enters. It, like the room went calm, right yeah, when you when you walked in. Is that just your kind of normal state of being, Ziggy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very like level level headed and um very uh, even even tempered. You know? Even tempered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that just because I I feel like there's nature and there's nurture. Yeah. Sometimes it's the way you were wired, and sometimes it's because your parents were a certain way. Yeah. Which which was it for you? Well, I think it's been a process. Yeah. Uh, throughout my life, I learned to have this state, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think it was always this way, but... You had to work at it? Yeah, you have to work, you have to work at, you know, being a better person. And that even temperament is part of that, uh, not to get riled up or too down, but try to keep your mind steady, you know. I think that's important because it is true, like sometimes things can, and people can get the best of you. Yes, yes. And you're like, but you don't want to be pretending. No. You don't want to be no. like trying to be steady when no. really inside you're, no. you want to be steady yeah. all the way through. Yeah, if that's, you know, if that is who you are, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's times to, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. There's a time for riling up, but you have to know when that time is. When that time is, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited about this uh, this docuseries. I mean, it's mm. cool. this is amazing. I want to talk about it. But I do want to talk about just life in your house. Yeah. What, I mean, you know, very few obviously know, have ever been in your shoes. They know what it's like to grow up yeah. with Bob Marley as their father. Mm. What was life in the Marley house like? Well, first we have to um, say that, the Bob Marley that we know today is not the Bob Marley that I grew up with. Yeah, who'd you know? You know, I know my father wasn't this famous when I was growing up with him. Eh? He wasn't this like world renowned or whatever. So we grew up just normal life. I mean, we grew up, we started grow up poor. Right? We, we grew up in the get. We start. I was born in Trenchtown at my house. I wasn't born in a hospital. My father helped deliver me. Your father helped yeah, deliver my you? My father helped deliver me. Uh, my mother loved telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so we grew up poor, simple life, nothing big. Um, my father was a very humble man, so is my, my mother. But even though, it's funny, even though we were, or they were poor, they were still like helpful to people. So we grew up seeing them help people and be um, kind to people who needed who needed something that they um, they could um, give them. You know, so, so even if you had little, you gave yeah, have a little, give a little. Yeah, you still give. You know, give it, something. Yeah. Did you then, know you were poor? Did you know no, as a no, kid? No, we what never did, we never know the difference. Yeah, we never know. Like there was another like another way. I mean, I, eventually. As my father, because um, even though he was a messenger and thing, he still wanted to make sure his kids could have a, a better life. A better life. Was there always music? I mean, you, you have two musical parents. Not yeah. everyone knows Bob Marley, but your mom, Rita, too, obviously a big musician. Was it the kind of house where you woke up and there was music playing or what was it like? Yeah, I mean, my grandmother and my grandfather, on both sides of my family, even my, my mother parent, my, my mm-hmm. father parent, they're musical too and spiritual people. Um, but yeah, growing up, yeah, music was always around. Um, you know, my father would sing and would, you know, if we were like making noise or playing around, he would stop us and say, hey, you guys come here and sing. You know. Um, oh, so you'd come and sing with him? Yeah. <laughs> what and was he singing? Do you remember back in those days? He must sing like, um, even like, Could You Be Love? Or, um, sometimes, of, sometimes not even song that's been out. Sometimes he's just like, Just j- riffing. Gibberish. Yeah, he's just riffing. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, music always around. Um, record players. Um, my, my grand aunt would play Nat King Cole. Mm. She was into the religious music. And we would have like the Jackson 5 on records and Stevie Wonder. And, mm-hmm. yeah, plenty Who of music. was the musician as a little boy that you looked up to that you thought was really cool? Um, as a little boy, oh, well, it's funny. Me like Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell? Like a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was one. I didn't know. I, I, I don't think, yeah, I've been to I America before, but the record was in the house. So you like, like a rhinestone cowboy. cowboy. Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, something yeah. about that song. Yeah, huh? yeah, it just stuck with me you know, as, a, as a kid. Um, that's that's cool that you grew up around around all that music. Were your parents? You said faith was important. Yeah. That was how so? How did it well, present? Um, so my grandmother, when we when we left Jamaica, went to Delaware. She was a church going lady. We go to church almost every day. Like mm-hmm. too much church. Like <laughs> as kids, you're like, oh my god, church again. <laughs> yeah. So we grew up in the in the church. Um, now my father was not a church person, mm. but there was another um, side of the, um, the Rastafari faith, which had, it's kind of like a church, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a ceremony where, the, where we play drums mm. and we chant and we sing praise to God, who we call Ja Rastafari. Mm-hmm. And so that was the next side of that, where we would go to these ceremonies. Usually at night, usually there's a big fire in the middle. Usually the guy, the, 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 the brothers and sisters, they're smoking marijuana, as a as a as a spiritual thing, not as let's get high and as yeah. like as a way for praise God, mm-hmm. and you know, and so we, we grew up in that that side of the, the faith. Too. So, but the real thing is that it wasn't just about going to church or going to the sermon. It's about how we how we saw our parents live their lives, mm. and them live them life according to the faith, which is of love, of giving, of humility. You uh, know, so that's what you saw. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. Witnessed. Yeah. It's interesting you talked about how they didn't have much, but they gave 
away things. Yeah. I have a friend of mine who comes from, you know, she's always of service. And I said, mm. what did, how did your parents teach you to be of service? What did they, yeah. what did they say? And she said, they never said the word service. Yeah. They just did it. Yeah, true. They just every day did it. It sounds like your parents were kind of that way. Yeah, it was, you know, sometimes people ask me, oh, did your father teach anything or, you know, I say, yeah, teach me a lot, but it wasn't with words. It was with action. It's like I, I, I grew up seeing things, hearing things, observing things. I'm very observant. I'm still very observant. Yeah. And so I learned a lot from looking and hearing, you know. So what what made you that way? Why were you that kind of kid? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Some kids are that way. I'm and not some sure. Co- some kids do it because they want to know, am I in trouble? Some kids do it because they're curious. Some kids do it. Yeah, no, that's just how I That's, that's just, just you. How I that's am. how yeah. you're wired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the country of Jamaica, the world loved your loved your father. Yeah. Um, and in this film, which we'll talk about, we do see how his life was in danger because they saw him, he was mm-hmm. a messenger, and some just wanted him gone. Mm. That kind of fear is terrifying. I can't even imagine, but I was trying to imagine being a kid. Mm. in that environment. What did you know about that part of your Mm. dad's life and what was going on? Well, I don't think we expected that to happen. I don't think he expected that to happen because he's he's loved by the community. He's from from the community. We're from the community. So we don't, I don't think that we never felt any like, oh, what my father was doing was dangerous until the night of the the shooting when the police came to us and grabbed us up and took us to safety. Um, And then the day after we saw him and we saw our mother and we realized something bad really had happened, you know? What do you remember about that other than the police coming? I mean, I remember I wanted to go to rehearsal with my mother that night, Uh but she's such a education, education. that She was, no, you have school tomorrow, you can't come. Um, and I don't know what would have happened if I, if she was like, yeah, hey, come on, you know, it's, yeah. yeah it's t- so that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I remember from that night. And then the police come and I mean, it was, I think I was in, in kind of shock. Like we never know what, like, it was like, what? were you scared? Like kids get scared if they hear their parents yell at each other. Mm. I mean, that's scary enough. Yeah. Your whole world is like, whoa, it's not stable. True. But to have something that scary for a little kid, then the next night you just have to go to bed and be normal. And the next day you're going to school how did how did that play in your 10, 11 year old head? Well, we never we didn't go to school. We had to leave the country. Uh-huh. Um, we went to stay with in Delaware uh-huh. with um, my grandmother. Um, but I don't remember how it played. And yeah, I, and I think I don't know. We, I mean, tell you the truth, our family wasn't a very f- a family that was like talk about things and like yeah. how are the kids? Are you guys all right? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like that. No. It was like deal with it. You're on your own. It was, That's how it was then. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah. You know, nobody talked about no, things. No, it's like, yeah, nobody was like, oh, you know, no. It was like, it happened. You have a figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Did you eventually, I mean, as you grew older and realized that these things, we some, I, I believe that there are some hurts that you can talk about and will dissipate because you've talked about them and they kind True. of dissolve over time. And I think there are some that we just carry. They're just a piece of you. Yeah. And you just... Go along your way, and yeah. there it is. Yeah. And every now and then you get an ouch, but yeah. some things you cannot talk away. That's, true, 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 true. Does anything live in that space for you? Yeah, I mean, 
still feel like my father passing is that is that type of thing because I remember when it happened, I didn't cry. I was very it was like why not just shut down. It was like I didn't talk, I didn't cry, I didn't smile. I was just whoop. Just like that. The day, the day where yeah, I was just like whoop. It was I just went blank. And I um and I don't I think I just it's an internal process that I've been going through. Um and every now and again, you know, it come back to me and I think about how young he was and It's like thirty six, you know? yeah, right? And like, you know, I feel like I miss him and you know, every now and again like I say, Boy, I wish he was here, you know. So every now and again that comes back to me. In so that you way. were you were twelve years old at 12, the time? Going, yeah, I was twelve, going to thirteen, just getting ready to go to high school. How did you learn the news of your dad's passing? Well, I had seen him a few days before, right, at the hospital. Um, so he, he was in the intensive care and I was like peeping up, like through the window. And mm-hmm. he was like, come here, you know. So I went in and he was like, hey, you want, you're like, well, I'm young, Bob. I have a song for you. And have he, a song for you? Yeah, I have a song for you, he said to me. And he, he said these words, on your way up, take me up, on your way down, don't let me down. Oof. And then, you know, and then I had to leave. And then we were at grand, my grandma's house. We, she had moved to Miami at the time, from Delaware to Miami, um, which was closer to Jamaica. So we used yeah, to spend time to... with her. Yeah. Um, so I think I was downstairs and the call came. And some, you know, I told you I'm very observant. Like I, I listen and I, I look a lot. And, you know, nobody didn't say, oh, your father died. But from a phone call, and then I saw my sister. Mm. And I saw her face. Yeah, you knew. And I knew. You knew. And I can feel it right now. Oof. That, you know, I knew. And that was it, you know? What did you, uh, what did you lose the day he died? Well, lose or gain would be, I think, I'm going to think about it as losing more than gaining. Because, um, as I said, we're spiritual people. And you have to figure out a way to deal with it, I guess. So I'm again, a more spiritual you gain perspective. More. Mm. That life is not just this anymore to me. Because my father is not hearing this, but he's hearing this. Mm. So I'm a kind of, it kind of made me evolve my way of thinking and think about life in a different way. So again, that perspective mm. from him passing that in a spiritual way, that connection, I, I kind of see that as um, something that I learned from that, you know. As a 12-year-old, I can only imagine that you were, you know, I don't know, a 12-year-old would be frustrated, sad, angry. How mm. did you leave me? I had so much to tell you. I had so much mm. to learn. Um, did you have feelings of frustration or did you, and did you talk to him? Um, no, what I remember is, you know what I remember? I remember talking to God. Uh-huh. And what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I said, God, I was like, God, if you like, you know, see my father, I'll, I'll be a good boy, basically. Oh, you know? oh, if you see my father, I'll be a good boy. If I see, if, if like, if oh. you see my father, I'll be like, you know. So you'll be a good boy if you could just see him one more time. Yeah, if you could, if my father could what? be here, you know. This was before he passed, when, when he was sick, I, I was saying that. Um, yeah. But no, I mean. Did you ever, did you ever actually feel his presence after he, since he passed? Well, yeah, man, I mean, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, these are the things that you don't, as, as I said, we can't express something, but these are the things you don't talk about, you know. Yeah. These are the things you just experience. But as I said, we're spiritual people, so and we are a part of him. So his presence is in me. I'm I'm a part of his presence. Mm. And every now and again, I can, I can, I can see him in me. Mm. I can feel him in me. And I can see some of his, 
actions in me. Um, but, you know, we, we live in a spiritual realm and we believe, we believe in that reality mm. um, because we have experience in it. We don't, we don't, we don't um, disregard it as, I mean, ima- oh, just, you're just imagining our, no, we, we really have experience in it so we know it's significant to us. Um, we have an open mind that way. So with spiritual side, um, I would say we have communication, mm. you know what I'm saying, in true dreams and visions and stuff like that. And I've picked up a few things through that medium that um, that means something to me and tell me certain things, mm. you know. Coming up, Ziggy remembers what it was like to see his father on stage and shares a behind-the-scenes look at Bob Marley, One Love. Stay with us. There's a scene in the movie where he is, you and your brothers are in the car and he's singing, don't worry about yeah, a thing because yeah. every little thing's going to yeah. be all right. Uh, do you remember scenes like that in real life? Yeah, man, my father was like that. Um, yeah, I mean, him never, as I say, it's not someone where I'm going to make you feel the pressures that's coming around you. As, mm-hmm. as, as children, as his son, we saw a very light side of him. Mm. Even though we were around some, as I say, I, we were around some heavy stuff where I could hear discussions of, you know, what they were up to in terms of the idea of changing mm-hmm. how the how how the communities deal with the political how the political system use the communities mm. and how they were, you know, about to change that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, my father was a jovial, very jovial. Right. So you would play a song in the car and you would yeah. sing and all and that. We stuff. would play soccer and we would play around and, you know, jo- is a jovial He's guy. He's a jovial man. guy. Yeah, man. Did you, what was it like when you heard your dad's song come up on the radio? Well, I'll tell you this. Well, that was all right. That was nothing. Jamaica, that we're, we're used to that. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you this story. The first couple people asked me this, like, you know, when you know your father was like world, world, Famous, known or right. whatever. But so it was. There was this album that came out called Babylon by Bus. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at home in a Jamaica and hearing it. And then I heard the crowd, like, it's a, it's a live album. So you, you, I heard the crowd. <laughs> yeah, going crazy. And I was like, yes, my father is like, he's killing it, you know. <laughs> I felt very proud of him. Like, oh yeah, daddy, I can't imagine what daddy's doing now. He must be doing some crazy dancing and stuff. And that's, that's when I kind of realized that, you know, outside of our world, he was definitely big, you know. Were you missing him? Because to have a famous father, obviously, to be as incredible as he is, he had to be on stages. Mm. You were kids in school. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't, everyone wasn't just going where dad was. So did you sometimes feel like that? Like I'm growing up and I haven't seen my dad in a couple of weeks. And No, we no. never, I don't know. We never, we never learned that. Yeah. We, we never learned, we never learned to miss we never learned that emotion. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if I, this is our life. He's gone, he's come back. This you is know, reality. And we have a, we have a good structure because um, my mother's aunt took care of us. And we just, yeah, we never... That's very interesting, by the way, because yeah. you're right. If life is a certain way, yeah. it's not like 
we don't know. There's we know no different. This is how life is. Yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah. My dad travels and he comes back. Yeah, and mommy comes back and she brings like a suitcase full of soap and yeah, all the stuff from America or wherever she is. And yeah. <gasps> <laughs> but when he did come back, I mean, we would spend a lot of time with him, you know. So we got we really got a lot of time with him. And sometimes me and my brother would go on stage with him. Oh, you did? Yeah, we we went like the One Love Con- Peace concert. Uh-huh. We were there. Um, few other few other shows. We what was that to, like to witness in real life and in real time? Your dad's um, just again. It's nothing for us. It's like it's normal. It's like no. But you said when you heard the crowd roar, you were like, yeah. "Whoa!" But what was it like to see that? To see it. <laughs> like we were doing, me and my brother were doing. All right, we were the stars, not him. Ah, <laughs> now it's clear. So, yeah, when we went down in our mind, like when we did our thing, they would roar. So it's like, yeah, we, yeah, you know. When did you know you were talented? Because obviously, I'm sitting across from a Grammy Award winning artist. Talented, yeah. Um, it's a question I don't know because I don't think about it like that. Um, talented. Well, listen, We the reason why I do music, I guess I, I've answered it in my way because I don't think in those terms that mm. when, the reason why I do music is because I'm inspired to write songs. Ah. Um, and that's because I'm a spirituality, actually, and who I am as a human being. And I feel like, just like my father and many before, um, our inspiration, we acknowledge it as coming from what people call God, mm-hmm. people call the universe. And it has meaning that is that is that is more than just what it means to me. Mm-hmm. It means something it can help other people too. So that's a, that's the reason why I the music. And that's when I knew that I was talented. You had talent. Yeah, <laughs> when sure. I was inspired. Ah, that that's beautiful. You know what I mean? When that's I when beautiful. I found out that Cause sometimes I write songs and I don't. I have no idea how am I. Where are these Where's songs coming, coming from? from? I have it, no idea. So, but it's just coming. Yeah, that's when I knew that there was something there. You know, Did, was your mom an encourager of your of your talent? Yeah, no, she was. I mean, she was more encouraging school. Oh, she wanted My you. Father to... was more like be like me, and, and your mom, mom was, was like, like go, go to school. school. <laughs> Did you like school? Yeah, I mean, never mind school. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like school. I, what was your favorite subject? What'd you love? English, English language, uh-huh. writing. Yeah, there it is. Writing. And I think, you no, know, school, school, the one thing I learned from school is metaphors. Mm. And I use it, in, I use it in my song when I write. I remember, I remember that moment I wrote the story about a roach. A roach? That, yeah, but it wasn't a roach. It was a metaphor for something else, right? And I, I use that, I use that lesson in my song where I use metaphors too, you know? Mm. Yeah. So if you weren't, if you didn't choose singing, what would you have done? Well, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh-huh. Um, after your dad passed or because? Was it? Uh, yeah, it was after because I was just going into high school. I wanted to do biology. I don't know why I was interested in, in that, um, in being a doctor. Maybe you wanted to heal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never really think about why. I know just I, I wanted to be. And then after that, I started learning how to grow grow my own food. Ah. So my father always said he was a farmer. Oh. So I have some of that love for like growing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it wouldn't matter what I did. I feel like I would be the same person that I am today. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I would still, you know, be who I am, you know. 
Well, you were like an awesome human being, by the way. <laughs> You've written beautiful children's books that yeah. I've had the privilege of interviewing you about because all of it, it, all of it just is really you. There's no, you're not trying to sell anything. I feel like you're just who you are. Yeah. And it's funny because you're going around the country and you have to sell this documentary, yeah. but I was, or this documentary series, I was telling you like, you don't got to sell anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because everybody already wants it. Yeah. And to feel that all these years later, yeah. to feel the world go, when's it coming out? I can't wait. Who's this cool actor? I want to know about him. Yeah. Is this real? Was, was this your life? How does that feel to know that, that the world is still leaning in after all these years? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible to think about it. But like I tell you before, my temperament, <laughs> I'm even keel. Yeah. So, um, but inside, are you excited? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's a biggie. This is a, this is a, you got to mark a moment. Is, I guess, yeah, yeah, it is, but I don't like. <laughs> yeah. You want to stay even, Stephen. I'm just, that's who, that's, that's you. And since I've been working on it too, it's not like something that's, I've been on the inside. Yeah. I've been on set. I've been helping writing things. I've been, so I'm a part of the process. So mm. it's not. Oh, so, that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's different when you're, when you see it made, you know, when you see the, how the, how the bread is made. Yeah. You're not so fascinated by the bread when it, when it comes out. You know? I understand. <laughs> so tell me your role in this project. Producer is the, is the official yeah. title, but we, we help write the dialect, help write, you know, help Kingsley, help the director to keep the story authentic. Um, so basically, whatever, every, whatever is needed, you know, if there's something in the story that's not right, I said, well, yeah, let's do this, let's do that. It was really a, a community that, that um, helped the film come out, you know. And you probably did it with such great care because this is the kind of story that mm. you tell one time. True. And to find the the young man who was going to play your father. Mm. Tell me about what that search was like and how you landed. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing was like, all right, well, let's get a Jamaican who can speak the, the, the dialect properly. Um, so we looked, we looked everywhere. It's Caribbean, America, England, um, trying to find somebody who was, um, who looked like Bob, who, you know, sound like Bob, who, mm-hmm. you know, speak like Bob. But in the end... It was who could let us feel an emotion, mm. um, and that was what was that what that's what made the decision. Yeah, um, was that Kingsley Benadire was the person that made us feel emotion. Mm. Somebody might have looked more like Bob or spoken more like Bob, but the this, emotion. Yes, we have to can feel something. Yes, and so we had to go with that. You know, when you finally did see it, who did you watch it with? By the way. So remember, no, you know, I've been seeing it. I was in the editing. Yeah, yes, you've been in it through the I've process. Been, yeah. And I've seen, you know, I'm through the, through, the, through the process. I've seen it with my kids. What do you guys think? I've seen it with. What did they say? Um, they had some, they had some strong opinions on it. Oh, they did? Yeah, I mean. Oh, really? Because well, it's really, it, it was really, a, it was a good process. It, yeah. It took some time to get it right. It wasn't like instant. Um, and. There was things that they didn't understand um, mm-hmm. in it, you know, some of the story storylines, and it really, it really made me go back and say, well, all right, Ray, you know, let's try something different here, let's try some stuff here. Um, but yeah, but when I, you know, what I'm a movie person. I love movies. Mm-hmm. I watch movies. I enjoy movies. I like a good movie. Mm-hmm. And when I watch this movie, 
as an audience member, I like the movie. Okay, good. And, I, and I'm not, and I wouldn't lie to myself. I would not say I like this movie if I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I would never lie to myself or lie to anybody actually about it. I'm just, I don't do that. I'm very truthful. And so when I watch, and when we were going to make the movie, I, I made sure to tell him, say, listen, I want this movie have to be entertaining. It can't be boring. I don't want to watch a boring movie. That's good. I want to watch an entertaining That's movie. You know, with some action and some stuff that I like. You right, know, right, you know? yeah. right. So that's why this period of time was so significant because there's a lot of mm-hmm. different parts to it that is very vibrant. Um, relationships between fathers and sons are beautiful and complex. That's just how life goes. Mm. So as you're coming up into the music world after your father's passing, I mean, there's no question that you look like him, you sound like him. Mm. When you know, I'm sure when people sit with you, they have an out of body. <laughs> How did you ever step out from behind the shadow, or did you just embrace it and say, "I I like it here"? Yeah, well, so we started singing. Our first song was in 1979. Mm-hmm. So, my father wrote the song. Our first song that we did, my father wrote it. So we were doing music while our father was doing music. It wasn't just after he passed that we sure. started. So we started while he was around. Um, but the shadow thing, you know, like, I never really think about it too much, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted to be like him, yeah. When I when I, I was like, yeah. And I guess I was trying to imitate him when yeah. I was younger. Yeah, that'd be natural, right? Yeah, but spirituality, what we have, we are, I don't know. It's like our purpose it's clear. We're not here. We're not faking anything. Yep. You know, we're not. That's important. Yeah. So the shadow thing is not my, this is not about my ego. Yeah. So I don't think about being in my father's shadow because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What matters is that I fulfill my purpose. Yep. Yep. And my father's shadow, I am, I am my father. <laughs> it's, I cannot get away from being a part of my father. It's like, why, why would I run away from that? It's not necessary for me to run away from that to yeah. be who I am. Mm. Yeah, because I am a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I cannot push that away or, or else I wouldn't be who I am. So I want to be, you know, I want to be true to myself and being true to myself is being a part of my father. I feel like you are such, um, you have such self-awareness. You know what I mean? Like mm. you are like a self-explorer. Yeah, it's not yeah, like it's you. It's not like you're just, Going through life and because you could have done help with this movie and blah, you know, and Doug got your Grammy, but you're like, I'm, you're like trying to figure out and you're going deep. Yeah, Why, is what is it that is driving you to do that? No, it's funny you, you know, I think you're the only person who kind of know that about me. I yeah. have said that about, it's interesting because people talk to me about it, but you pick up on that, which is true. I've been that way. Yeah, from a from a young from a teenager, really, I've been searching, looking inside myself, as you say. Um, yeah, you know, just seeking. You're always seeking. Yeah, I am. I'm yeah. a seeker. Yeah, you I'm are a seeker. A seeker. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You, you can't help me. it. You got me. I got you. <laughs> you got me. Still ahead, Ziggy opens up about a side of his father many people did not see when we come back. When people see this film, what do you or what do you think they'll they'll take away? Because I think some people think they know mm, your father's life, true. but there are plenty of things that that they don't know. 
Yeah, what we what we wanted when we talked about the film, we wanted to tell people or show people something that they don't know. Because yeah. as you said, many people have read the books, know his music, seen his interviews, everybody think they know Bob Marley. But um there's a side of us, you know, there's a side of my father mm-hmm. that he didn't show. Mm. And that is what we wanted to explore, yeah. which is the emotional, the emotional side. side yeah. Psychological things that mm-hmm. that he went through during this period of time, which wasn't wasn't an easy thing for him. Right, for him to go through. Come, can, I can relate to it on a human as a human being. If I think about what he went through, if I had gone through that, it would have an impact on me. Yeah, emotionally, you know. And at the end of the day, he came up with this realization, which tells us who he is, which is in the film, which is crazy, because after all of this, he comes to the, the conclusion that he says, um. If his life is just for him, he doesn't want it. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. My his my life is for people. Like, what do you mean by that, bro? What do you mean? You don't want your life if it's 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 a crazy thing for somebody say. Right. And that believe. They, yeah, and it's like, what? So to come to that, he must have went through a lot of that soul searching thing, that emotional thing, that psychological mm-hmm. thing to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's it just, it crazy to me that it it just give, make me feel you know somebody can see it's not many human beings can say that I mean it but mean he it does and live it you know what did your mom think of it she was so emotional because mm. it's really her life it's her, her experience life, yeah she was so emotional we premiered it in Jamaica and she was crying I could hear her crying mm. she was sitting in the back of the theater I could hear her crying everybody could hear her crying. So very emotional for what, her. What struck her the most, do you think? I think it's everything. She cried when the assassination attempt. Mm. Um, she cried when the cancer, I heard her cry when the cancer diagnosis was in the film. Um, yeah, those two things, I think, hit her really hard. Did you know as a kid, I mean, you knew your dad was sick, obviously, because you were visiting him in the hospital. But did they tell you, again, for a family, doesn't? a lot of families are like this, they don't speak about it. Did you know he had cancer? Did you know... No, but we don't know what cancer is or how serious it is. Yeah. So we never really, we never, no, we never know, like, nobody explained to us, like, yo, this could be, like, you know, the final. The end. Yeah, it could be the end until the final days when you realize, yeah. Uh, this is know? it. Yeah. Did you have anything, you, you explained what your dad said to you. Sometimes for a young boy to have the courage to say something to his father mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to do. Was there anything that you did say or that you wished you had in those final days? Well, you know, I wish, what I wish was that I could have been there for, because he had a lot of people around him, but I don't think he had the right people around mm. him. You know what I'm saying? For really yeah. give him the right yeah. advice. Like, yo, Bob, let's... So I wish that I was around if I could have given him the right advice. He wasn't getting the right. Even 12-year-old you? Yeah, I mean, that's what I wish. I wish yeah. like I could have been there for help him, guide him through this thing and make it, you know, make it work out better than it did because, I mean, he was working hard. You know, he was working hard and he was sick and no, like they couldn't, nobody could like pull the plug and say, Let's, let, let's let him rest and yeah, let's let, get get healed. Right. Then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like those guys around him were, I don't respect that at all. Yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were pushing him to do the work. Yeah. And he, when really he, he, was a, he was the one who, he was the one to, who wanted so to like, work. Somebody have to tell him, no, 
or someone of them say he, you know, he's very, but nobody really was that serious enough or was that, I don't know if caring enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mother would speak, but it, it, he's stubborn, you know, he's a stubborn guy, you know, mm-hmm. in that sense. But I feel like if if the real people were around him, pull that plug, let's go deal with this situation. Giving him, yeah, yeah, let him deal with it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This podcast is called Making Space. It's about making space for yourself. Mm. Just kind of clearing the decks and saying, I need, I need this time. It sounds like he was such a worker that he did not do that. Did he have time for himself no, or did he take no, it? No, 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 no. No. People was always around in the hotel room. It, there was always, and that was the one thing with my mother, and it's shown in the film. Bob, you need for the you know? You and she the says the same thing to me, actually. She does? Yeah, even though I'm not working as hard as he did, but, but she's, she's still telling like, you, Ziggy, take a break. Stop, don't work. <laughs> so yeah. She's telling me the same she thing. She might, well, you should listen to your mother, okay? <laughs> so let me ask you then, Ziggy. Um, if you had a day yeah. that was just for you, uh-huh. there's no, you have no phone calls, you got no mm, interviews, mm. you got no music to make, you got no Grammys to pick up, mm. you got nothing. Oh. The minute you open your eyes, it's for you until the moment you close them. Yeah. How would you, or what would you do with such a day? Nothing. I would do nothing. I like doing nothing. Which is what, like lay in bed and... Lay in bed and just like, just have the freedom for... I don't know, play some video games. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> some mindless. Go to the beach. Go to the beach. I like nature. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, watch a movie. Or watch two movies or three movies and just relax. Just relax. Just chill and do what, yeah. I, I like, Look, that's what I like, yeah. I'm going to tell you that I agree with Rita, that you need to <laughs> take a break and stop down every now and then. Because, you know, She's Rita's fresh. right. She's yeah. always been right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I have to tell you, you're a beautiful human being. This is a beautiful project that you're working on. And I just want to say thank you for making some space for me so no we man. had a chance thank to chit chat. Love, love talking with you. Me too. Love it, thank man. you. Thank you, Steve. Making Space with Hoda Kotb is produced by Allison Berger and Alexa Kasavecchia, along with Amanda Sidman, Kate Saunders, and Ali Detweiler. Our associate audio engineer is Juliana Mastro Rilli. Our audio engineers are Bob Mallory and Katherine Anderson. Original music by John Estes. Bryson Barnes is our head of audio production. Missy Dunlop Parsons is our executive producer. Libby Least is the executive vice president of Today and Lifestyle. <laughs>